Folks, welcome back. Uh, in hour two, which begins right now, we continue our conversation with Naomi Wolf. Um, I want to ask you several things today. First of all, I want to ask you to share this conversation that I'm having with her today with anyone you know. Some of you know how to share these things. You can share the audio. You can share the video. The video is on Rumble. Now, um, we are sending this to you via email if you're subscribed to my newsletter. But I'm asking you, today's conversation with Naomi, as you can already tell, is a very big deal. So I'm asking you to share it. Please, we've got to get the word out. This is this is urgent, folks. This is I, I, I don't know how else to put it. If you're if you're tracking with me, it's very urgent um, because we're being lied to on a level that for most of us is incomprehensible. We're, it's incomprehensible. It's very tough for us to process this. So dear Naomi has been dealing with this. In, been in the weeds at the granular level. <laughs> She's been looking into this. She's done the work. Her teams have done the work. Uh, it's up to us to get the, the message out of what she's talking about. You know, Albin, when we talk about being lied to, yeah, um, it's everywhere. Okay. I looked the other day on Wikipedia. Okay. We all know the story of what's his name? Uh, Hamlin who had the heart attack, right? Yes. All right. This is classic. This is Wikipedia. Okay, I looked this up. I even printed it out because I said, I can't believe how brazen they are lying. It said he remained motionless at midnight. Now, you all know there was like a big hit and then he stands up and then he has this like heart, major heart attack. He just about dies. Okay, so it says. Hamlin remained motionless at midfield while team trainers, paramedics rushed to his side within 10 seconds. First responders initiated CPR, blah, blah, blah. Uh, eventually, he got oxygen intravenous. An ambulance was brought onto the field about four minutes after his collapse for more assistance. Now, here's the sentence. Ready? As he was being placed on a stretcher, most of the players from both teams came off the sidelines to kneel or stand on the field near him, visibly upset and emotional about his status. That's what it says in Wikipedia. Wow. It does not mention what everyone knows is true that most of them were praying. They were praying to the God of the Bible to heal him, to deliver him from what looked like death. They were praying. Wikipedia doesn't even mention it. In fact, it puts it in such a way to lead you to think that that, that did not happen. So you want to talk about disinformation and misinformation? That's Wikipedia's account of what everyone knows was an outpouring of prayer. Yeah. One of the most beautiful things any of us have ever seen on a football field. Right. But we are being lied to. And in the past, people like Alec Jones would talk about this. and Nobody else would really get into this. We're all now getting into this. We're all being drawn into the fact that they're gatekeepers. They have total contempt for you. They don't believe in the American vision of self-government. They don't believe in the things that we're supposed to believe in. If you're an American, they have contempt for it. They sneer at you and they do much worse things than that. Uh, like force you to get vaccines that can kill you or destroy your reproductive future and on and on and on and on. But that's just something I noticed. I said, 
This is Wikipedia talking about something we all witnessed, not a mention uh, that it was prayer um, in any event. Okay. um, In good news, uh, we uh, have a new sponsor on the program, the Israel Ministry of Tourism. Now, some of you have heard me talk about my trip to the Holy Land a few years ago. There's no question that anyone uh, who goes there is changed, is affected. Uh, When I was there, I'm not making this up. I was on the bus from the Tel Aviv airport. I'm on a bus just going to Jerusalem. I was so moved. I was weeping just thinking that Jesus really was here. I I don't know why it affected me that way, but um, there's something beautiful about it. Uh, So I want to say, think about visiting Israel, visit Israel. I know I'm going there next year uh, on a special trip, but for more information, go to holyland.israel.travel. Again, they're a new sponsor on the program, holyland.israel.travel. Um, Alvin, uh, we've got a lot more to talk about, but I want to say as well, uh, tomorrow we continue the conversation with Naomi Wolf. Now we're going to continue in a couple of minutes, the the, today's conversation, but we kept going and we're going to air that tomorrow. And she shares something about her spiritual journey that she's never shared before. And you could, you could feel she was being very vulnerable um, it was very moving uh, what happened. And so tomorrow uh, we're going to air that. And I always say I, I want to be really respectful of people's journey. Uh, I don't want to correct them when they say something I disagree with, which, of course, she does. We're not coming from the same place on a lot of issues, whether it's uh, abortion or whatever it is that we we disagree on a lot of things. She's not where I am, but. I see God's hand uh, on her life. And so we'll play that tomorrow. But uh, I always want to be respectful of people who don't agree with me because I trust God with their story. Um, so I'm there to help, and I'm not there to argue with them so that somebody listening in my audience will be like, I'm, I'm glad you said that, Eric, because it, it, it's it, this is about uh, r- respecting my guests. Yes. Uh, yeah. And people, if you want to know what I believe, I talk about it endlessly. I've written about it in many books. You don't need me to reiterate it on every program. Um, so so that's tomorrow. Also, I want to say we're continuing our campaign. It's literally today and tomorrow, and that's it, with Food for the Poor. Um, so these are the final two days. I just want to say this is an emergency. Uh, the latest count as of some hours ago, was 37,000 dead. I want you to try to imagine the level of desperation. So these are Christian organizations, food for the poor, going in there, but they need your help. Some of you can give many thousands of dollars, and I ask you to do that. Some of you can give $5. If you want to text it, you can text any amount right now to 91999. I'm sorry, text the word Eric the keyword, my name, keyword Eric to 91999. Text the keyword Eric to 91999. It'll open up a link to the donations page and you can make your gift. Please, today, It's it, this is urgent. There's no other way to say it. This is very urgent. 
Um, if you prefer to call, some of you prefer to call, I'll read the number slowly. It's 855-863-4673. I'll say it again, 855-863-4673. Once again, if you prefer to call, 855-863-4673. Um, the easiest, of course, is you can go to our radio website, metaxistalk.com. Metaxistalk.com. You'll see the banner to give, but it's as urgent as it gets. Mm. I always say this to people. If there's anybody that ever gives to any of my campaigns, uh, if you can give $10,000, this is tax deductible. It will be my honor to thank you in person to have dinner with you and anyone you'd like to invite. Um, And I do that all the time. My time is really valuable, but I want to do this uh, because it's a way of saying thank you. It's a way of encouraging uh, some people uh, to give. And so I just want to put that out there. Um, uh, again, metaxistalk.com, you'll see the banner. Uh, and again, if you want to text, it's very easy. Just text my name, Eric, to 91999. Eric to 91999. Yes, the number, the phone number, 855 863 4673. 855 863 Four six seven three. Welcome back. We continue the conversation with Naomi Wolf. Naomi, um, it's uh, I'm a simple person in many ways, and I just have to over and over and over, you know, repeat the obvious or try to remind myself I'm not. I'm not dreaming this. I'm not making this up. This is real. You have uh, bravely and brilliantly uncovered um, what is happening because there are millions and even billions of people around the world wondering what what is happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, it points, you said, very clearly, very obviously, very um, darkly Mm -hmm. to China. Mm-hmm. wanting to kill Americans and Westerners and to destroy us. And we can talk about that for a long time. But we were just touching on how that relates to the globalist agenda because, again, the, the way evil works, it's, it's never uh, simple. You, mm-hmm. you have various things. This is how the Nazis took over. You have greed. Mm-hmm. You have fear. I mean, pure greed. Somebody says, I can get a lot of money if I keep my mouth shut. I'll take the money and keep my mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Or uh, if I say the wrong thing, I'll get in trouble. So I'll keep my mouth shut. So you have all these different things going on. I can understand why the Chinese would want to do this. That makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. But link it as we were just going to to the globalists agenda, because they have obviously been working overtime to help. Yeah, it's an alliance. Um, and in my book, The Bodies of Others, I I spelled that out. Uh, it's, of course, the World Economic Forum, which, you know, Klaus Schwab, the leader of it, boasted that he has uh, graduates in cabinets all over democracies around the world. And we've seen them um, from Trudeau to Ardern, you know, and so on. Um, it's the World Health Organization, which is funded by China and Bill Gates overwhelmingly that has been in lockstep with China. Uh, I mentioned the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation's big tech as well. I mean, big tech is invested in the vaccines and big tech 
as the bodies of others showed, is up net 23% um, net revenue in 2020 to 2022 till the pandemic lifted um, because of the advantage to big tech of locking people in their homes. Okay, but that's greed. Yeah, like, that's, I get that's that. That's greed, but it's an alliance, right? So I'm trying to say what you can map now is that, um, all right, Hunter Biden, the Biden family took millions of dollars, it's thoroughly documented now, from the Chinese Communist Party, from China, Chinese business people, Chinese leaders. Uh, how do you pay them back? Well, it, you know, make sure that there's a multi-million dollar um, bill that uh, compels people to wear masks, which are made in China, to get all the uh, injection hypodermic needles from China, to get the Pfizer you know, injection, we don't know about Moderna, from China. Um, well, you've got that going on. Why not you know, in the process, take out your existential adversary. As my husband said, China wants our land. They want our natural resources, our energy, our water. Okay, they but, don't want our population. Right. But oof, that's a really dark sentence. Um, but what you said about um, the Biden family and OK, again, that's pure corruption. That's old right. style Corruption, political corruption, greed, uh, the antithesis of what our founders wanted, which is career politicians amassing power and connections over the decades. And this culminates in Joe Biden and Hunter Biden uh, wanting to make nice, nice with China and anyone else because they're whores for money and power. And that all makes sense. But the globalist agenda. In mm-hmm. other words, I can understand how someone with uh, n- no soul left says, just give me money, mm-hmm. give me power. I don't care right. what happens. We've seen that. Right. But when you talk about Klaus Schwab and Davos, these are people, um, Klaus Schwab already has all the money uh, anybody needs. W- what is going on there or right. with George Soros? What is the, how did they ally themselves with the Communist Party in China. How does right. that work? Okay, so I, I can't speak to Soros because I don't know for sure what motivates him. Um, but for sure, and it's they make no secret of their plans, right? For sure, the global elite of whom I was a part until like the middle of 2020 when they ejected me, um, they're very comfortable making decisions for the rest of us. And they absolutely now have a global technocracy and a global kind of um, oligarchy in which they have more in common with each other than they do with the rank and file of their own countries. And in that stratum, they're certainly persuaded that there are too many human beings. And so I absolutely can see, and there's evidence that... um, You know, if they're absolutely persuaded, and this has been the theme at Davos for a couple of years, that, you know, there's going to be massive instability, there's going to be problems with food supply, problems with water supply, uh, that if there's a way to, as an early clip put it, that is very telling um, of one of these insiders, um, uh, you know, no one wants to line people up against a wall and shoot them. So for sure, I can see these people because I know them thinking, well, we're headed in an unsustainable direction. This is the most merciful thing we could do, right, is just to 
to, you know, painless. And it's not the first time. I mean, people from around the world are sending me programs that Pharma has run in India and in Kenya. And by the way, I've got to really uh, thank the bishops of Kenya because they stood up and said, you're giving our young girls and young women these injections. You say it's for, you know, Gardasil or whatever, but it's actually rendering them sterile without their consent. And these are programs that have run around the world on brown, you know, brown and black women and girls. And, and they ha- haven't had a voice, a global voice. Well, you know, if they've tested it out on those populations, why would we think they wouldn't roll it out on our population? Well, I'll tell you why we wouldn't think. Because of all the stuff we said earlier. We, we have never lived through anything like right. this. This happens to other people. Exactly. This doesn't happen to us. This never happens to us. And, uh, you know, everywhere I go, I'm talking about my book, Letter to the American Church, and the parallels between what happened in Germany uh, and what's happening now. And the Germans in the early 30s, they didn't, couldn't dream that in their lovely civilization that gave us Bach and Goethe and Sch- that, that, that horrible evil uh, could be happening or could be being planned or could, could lie uh, in the near future. They simply couldn't conceive of it right. or didn't want to conceive of it and therefore did not stand against it right. until it was too late right. and then it was too late. But there's more. I can yes. tell you. I yes. mean, tell me more. All right. So, in in this additional kind of matrix, ordinary greed has a, a a pretext and justification in a way that it hadn't before. And this is what I mean. If you are indeed looking at or persuaded that we're going to have catastrophic um, environmental failure in in our lifetimes, right. which, these, which people these people are are for sure, and and I. I kind of agree with him, but anyway. Um, but if, if you've got that, right, yeah. there are a lot of ways to handle it, but one of them is this. But also, if you've got a looming environmental catastrophe, add to that a looming currency catastrophe, right? Because all of the smart people say this is unsustainable economically. There's going to be a gigantic eco- economic collapse. Um, there's going to be, you know, we can't pay all over Europe people's retirements, you know, all, and so they're, they're planning for an angry, hungry, enraged populace, right? Using too much energy. Well, then you've got the normal um, greed of capitalism and of oligarchs. And I know these people well. And they just want to make money. And the normal greed of politicians, well, they just want to win. So you have this perfect storm where capitalists who hate risk get to say, well, let's just have digital currency and let's switch people off and on. Let's switch industries off and on. Let's have lockdowns when we want. It worked really well last time. And we'll just favor, you know, a handful of our friends and we don't have to worry about risk anymore. And then you've got politicians saying, let's just have a state of emergency forever. I never have to run for office again. And that's how you get to be in bed with the Chinese Communist Party. If you're just an, an ordinary, corrupt, greedy Western politician or rich guy or girl. Okay. So, um, so this this is the uh, the map of the nightmare. So who has been willing to talk about this? I, I take in very little media. S- Steve Bannon has been very brave, and he's been talking to you about this. Right? Does he get all this? Oh, he's. A, I have to credit him. He's one of the only people who was a steady interlocutor and who like brought me a lot of information I right. did not have right. already. Yeah. Um, which is one of, by, by the way, the great ironies of history. Like, we come from opposite ends of the political spectrum, but we both love our country, and it's been a Well, but even, even that, I mean, you, when you and I were at Yale, loving your country was already frowned on. In other words, the That's idea true. of being patriotic was like, what kind of a jingoistic, you know, rube Racist. from the Midwest right. or whatever are you? Patriotism had already fallen out of favor among the cultural elites in the 80s. That's true. Um, and so 
today to say I, I love my country or anything along those lines in those circles. People look at you like, what, what's the matter with you? Yeah. And it's kind of funny because the, the globalists act like, no, we're all one world and talking about countries is dirty. But then you have jug-headed evangelicals who talk about, oh, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. And you're like, well, th- th- that's like saying I can't love my wife and my daughter at the same time. Like, <laughs> yes, you can be a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and you can still love your country and, you know, care about your community. Uh, plenty more with Naomi Wolf. The website is Daily Clout, C-L-O-U-T, dailyclout.io. Welcome back. I'm talking to Naomi Wolf, who is wearing something uh, a little strange. Naomi, what is that? I should have explained uh, so people are not worried that it's a pharma hit. Um, I, uh, I just was running with my puppy and on a on a, an uneven sidewalk and broke my shoulder. So don't worry, everyone. So it's a sling. By day. It is a it's sling. a sling. It is a okay. Sling. In case anybody was wondering, what is that? What sling? is that? It's, it's not a, a fashion sling. statement. It's That's not a right. fashion statement. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no. So we're, we're talking about you know, really tough stuff. And I marvel at your ability to weather this and to dig in as you have. Um, and what I always, uh, wonder is where does this go? So, so now you, by the grace of God have been able to publish the internal Pfizer documents, which, uh, a number of intelligent people in the world of journalism might read and, might make some sense of. Do you have, so far, it's been the proverbial crickets, but this is as big as it gets. Yeah. Literally. Bigger than the Pentagon There's papers. no story. A Pentagon Papers is a joke, is right. like a sub footnote compared to what we're talking yeah, it's about. It's nothing. Yeah. This is, uh, <laughs> this is infinitely bigger than that, yeah, you know? And, and so uh, do, do we see any hope uh, that there are any uh, people willing to defect uh, and come over to the side of truth and, and talk about this? I mean, there are now and again, you bump into these people. By people, you mean in the legacy media? Uh, well, anywhere. I'm, 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 yes, basically in the legacy media. Yeah. Um, well, I think the most hopeful thing, and I'm supposed to be nonpartisan, but I just have to say it, is that you've got some leaders in Congress now who know that this is happening to people and are upset about it um, and are talking about it. And, and that that is only going to change the atmosphere tremendously. I mean, whether you're a New York Times hack or not, the Twitter hearings on Capitol Hill, uh, you know, those Twitter functionaries who were answering to um, our members of Congress were scared and they should be. Um, and every single person who colluded with deplatforming voices like mine, warning millions of women and girls about something very serious that just happened to them that could have been avoided. Um, people like Dr. Kulldorff, Dr. Bhattacharya, Dr. Alexander, Dr. McCullough, all of the brave medical doctors who were smeared and harassed and threatened with being delicensed and, and were deplatformed. All of those people, you know, have blood on their hands. And it's a, a number of different crimes, right? I, I try to never like 
to criminalize journalism because free speech is so important. But the, these people who took money in order to suppress what would have allowed informed consent for an experimental injection, they are complicit in mass murder. They're complicit in, in rendering infertile an entire generation of young women and possibly young men. Um, and we don't even know about the next generation and, and heart damage. I mean, I know, you know, t- uh, I, someone I love who's in college said that um, there had been someone had dropped dead in his program. And I looked online to see what college had suffered a loss of that kind. And there were so many, I, I couldn't count them. Well, look, let's talk about that. If we knew nothing else, if nothing else we were talking about were true, and suddenly uh, you hear about, People dropping dead, young people dropping dead, middle-aged people dropping dead. Um, there is now evidence and there are numbers about these kinds of things. This is not just anecdotal. Right. That alone would be a monster news story, you know, yeah. that, that there are people dropping dead. Healthy people are dropping dead. Young people are dropping dead. Why? You would think that someone trying to make a career for themselves would want to look into why. Yeah. And they're not. No. Right, because they're they're all complicit. I have to say, Eric, it's so weird for me to be in in New York again and in Brooklyn and like hanging out with some of my pre-pandemic, pre-ostracism friends because it's like nothing ever happened, you know. And and it's so weird because they don't talk about anything, whereas as opposed to you and I and all the rest of us here in alternative land, you know, talk about the most important story of our time, and and. It, and they like are so scared to go past that narrow boundary of discourse, um, but it's it's surreal. It's like we're living in two completely different worlds. But I guess going back to what's going to happen now, you know, honestly, Eric, I'm exhausted. Like, and and my team is exhausted because we're looking into the mouth of hell, and we have been for over a year. And, and bringing for, it's like being the first people to reach Auschwitz. Oh, here's this open door right. and a pile of bodies. Here's this open door and a pile of ash. Here's this open door and gold teeth and lampshades, you know, and you just issue report after report after report. But now imagine it all over the world. That's what we're bringing to okay, the Okay, well, so what you just said, again, I, I always feel like I have to review, okay? There were people who discovered what happened at Auschwitz and found what you just said when that happened, which we now know happened and there's books about it and museums. But the point is you can imagine at that time it would have beggared belief. It would be nearly impossible to comprehend what you're looking at because it is completely unprecedented, right? Complete. It's one thing to see a battlefield with, with, uh, with broken bodies and dead corpses that we've seen that it's horrible. But this was something completely new, right. what happened uh, in the death camps. And what you're saying is it's, it's something similar now. It is initially impossible to, to know what to do with this horrible information. No, I, I know what to do with it. I mean, we know from history what to do with it. People have to be investigated, charged, prosecuted, arrested, and made examples of, you know, and, and there have to be massive you know, trials and uh, Nuremberg type trials and, you know, laws passed state by state, nation by nation. We're working on all of that. And there's some good laws. If you go to Bill Cam, you can see the top 10 trending bills on our website, Daily Cloud. We have a digital database for legislation. They're good bills to keep this from ever happening again, like no emergency law without oversight, no ma- mandated injections. But what I'm saying to your audience is we're so right. tired and sad right. um, 
and we've been very heroic and we continue to be every day, but there's such a blackout from the news that we need people to step up and spread the word. And that's what we're doing here. We're beginning to, we'll be right back. Welcome back. Talking to Naomi Wolf. You can find her at Daily Clout, C-L-O-U-T, dailyclout.io. Naomi, um, you said we know what to do. Um, we need legislation. People need to be prosecuted. We need. There's so much that we need to do. But there are many people, and I know they're listening to this program, many of them now, saying nothing will ever happen. Uh, this just no, – nobody ever seems to pay a price. Um, But I think you and I both have hope that in the new Congress, there are some people willing to push some of these things and to investigate some of these things. Maybe. I mean, I never put my faith in partisan politics because Google and Microsoft and Twitter and Pfizer and Moderna can buy off the new leadership just like they bought off the old leadership. Yeah. What I can really... you be bought off? No. Neither can I. So there are people yeah, there that are six won't... of us. No, 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 no. But the point is that there have always been principled people. And then the question is, are, how many are there and where are they and what are they willing to do? I, I guess I guess so. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm now really truly speaking to, quote unquote, ordinary people who think they're ordinary listening because I firmly believe and I, I've seen this over and over in the last two and a half years that, quote unquote, ordinary people. I hate that word. I wish there was another one. Um, have so much power and so much influence and don't use it very often. And that elected officials do have to do what you tell them to do when you organize and mobilize. And you can use our tool on Daily Cloud. We have a campaigns tool where you can you know, tell your elected official what you want them to do, push legislation, um, send legislation through social media. But also, you know, you can have a you can, you can have a book party for this book and a potluck and, you know, get 20 copies, invite your friends and tell them to set each of them send a copy to their elected official or to their doctor or to their loved ones. You know, I need people to stop leaving the leadership and the agency and the fighting to other people because I know the warriors at the front lines of this particular fight and we are all exhausted. We're all hitting a breaking point this and we're all human. What you're saying is really beautiful because it gets to the heart of um, – what we're talking about. We're talking about, uh, for lack of a better term, American-style self-government, freedom from tyranny, people governing themselves. And we have, uh, in the the decades that have passed, as we said, we've become complacent, uh, lazy. We've taken our eyes off the ball. We kind of think somebody else will farm that out. Somebody else will take care of that. We have forgotten that it is the job of every single one of us who lives here right. to do our job. Exactly. Thank you for saying that even better than I was <laughs> better than I was saying it. And in addition, in addition to that, I firmly believe that um, we're at the start of a war and not at the end. And that if you get together with your close friends, your neighbors, you know, have that potluck, but also find out like who has access to food, who has access to a car, a generator, water, um, who knows, who has skills like hunting, who has skills like gardening, um, who can watch the kids, who can teach the kids. These are really important because we 
can't rely on the police to protect us. The, the Marxist funded, you know, effort to defund the police, you know, has injured all of our communities. We can't depend on the FDA or the CDC to keep us healthy. We have to keep ourselves healthy. Um, you know, we can't depend on there's going to be more incoming. Right now they're trying to distract us or maybe it's really happening that, you know, there are unidentified objects in the sky. Well, whatever, you know, well, if they were anything right. really scary from another galaxy, we wouldn't be able to shoot them down so easily. So obviously they're not that. I'm this not is... t- I'm not too worried about that, but I am worried about attacks on our power grid, attacks on our water supply, right. definitely attacks on our food supply. These people want to mRNA inject livestock, which means one in one generation, you know, mammals, cows and sheep may be having the same problems with reproduction that human beings are having now. So there are demonic forces at hand. They are well organized. And if if you don't get together and see what leadership you have in yourself and in your immediate community, um, you won't survive it. And if you do, I'm quite sure we will. That is the only way to regain our, our nation. And I'm sure we will prevail. Well, uh, we're, we're in our last segment of this uh, hour, but we have more time with you. I want to get into the spiritual aspect of this uh, at some point, just because if somebody says to me, you know, where, where, where's your hope? My hope is in the God of the Bible, period. Ultimately, uh, there's, there's nothing. Uh, it's not more complicated than that. There is such a thing as good and there's such a thing as evil. Uh, and that's always been the case. And I do think that we, especially uh, folks like you uh, and me, we, we've, we've kind of grown up in this kind of secular world where, you know, those clumsy medieval categories, they don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, they do. Yes, they and do. here we are. Yeah. And it's worth uh, talking about that, that uh, the, the God who invent, who created the universe and who created us in his image and who loves us um, wants to lead us uh, out of this, wants to be with us in the midst of the battle, is with us in the battle, uh, however you want to put it. So ultimately, um, I want to talk a little bit about that because I know that there's so many people that they are hopeless and they are uh, they get cynical. They say, well, what can I do? Who cares? Nobody's going to do anything. You know, they, everybody can be bought. You know, and then you cease to... Uh, you cease to fight or you cease to do the right thing. But people's lives depend on our doing the right thing. Right. Um, so um, we just have a, a minute left in today's show. So um, why don't I ask you to sum up where you think we are? <laughs> in Spiritually or no, uh, in, politically? No, in, 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 in any way, because we've talked, covered a lot of ground well, here. Well, see, I, uh, sadly, I, I, I'm kind of disagreeing with your conclusion That's all right. right now. Um you know, I keep being haunted by the places in the Old Testament where God kind of said, all right, I tried to tell you, I tried to tell you, I tried to warn you, I tried to warn you. Right. This is Old Testament, right? Yeah. But I'm Jewish, right? So, yeah. And then it's like, okay, you went that way. Yeah. I warned you what would happen. Now it's the Babylonian captivity. Well, you know, or now no, that's it's the, the loss que- of Jerusalem. That, see, that's so the question. I don't know if God is with us always, no matter how horrible we are. Oh, no, I didn't mean that. I mean, God is with those of us who are willing to do the right thing and turn to him and hear his voice. Individually, I do agree with you, but I think I think metaphysically right now we've lost God's protection. I mean, I've said this to you yeah. before. And and like metaphysically as a nation. I agree with West, you on that. No, no, no. I agree it, with you. The question yeah. is the, the the boundaries of that. Does that right. how long does that go on? Uh, is it going to be decades? Is it going to be forever? 
Um, well, we'll we'll get into this uh, in the next program. Right. Uh, we'll do a few more minutes in this program, and then we'll have more tomorrow. Welcome back. Final segment for today with Naomi Wolf, whom you can find at dailyclout.io. And then the book is War Room Daily Clout, Pfizer Documents Analysis Reports. All right, Naomi, let's just to let's put a bow on this. Whatever. It's like a corpse we've just laid out. Uh, you, You know, but 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 the point is, look, I have this conversation all the time, you know, usually with a evangelical Christians and churches and things. And I, th- in other words, what you just said, I don't disagree that the question is still open where this goes. In other words, if we have turned our back right. ultimately on God, right. he gives us over to ourselves right. and then we deal with the results, which is a nightmare. Yeah. But uh, the God uh, of the scripture uh always gives us hope in him, even if it's in the midst of a nightmare. Each of us, you know, it's not like you just have to go with the crowd and it's over. No. We each have our own stories with him. Yes. Individually, I I don't doubt that. I guess I just feel like we're in a very dangerous place right now. Both Christians and Jews largely are in a very, and other people I can't speak to because I don't know their traditions as well, but in a very dangerous place because it's been a pretty good 2,000 years, and since the birth of Jesus, um, the West doesn't know what complete abandonment looks like. But, you know, we, we are in an abyss. I mean, it, what if the next generation can't reproduce itself? What if the transhumanists, you know, have their way with us, which they right. intend to? What if Neuralink really unfolds? What if, um, you know, they do away with women, which they seem clearly intent on from the Pfizer documents and it's all artificial wombs like God's creation God's relationship to us is not something that I think we can take for granted under any circumstance that we put to him and um, sure I think we you know good people will always be saved in some private relationship with you know God or Yahweh but I think that we're in an existentially dangerous moment because there's this narrative in the West that you know if you're a good person or if you have faith or whatever, you'll get kind of swept up at the end no matter what. And and just historically, that doesn't always happen. Look at Noah. You know, everyone died, right? Everyone died in a giant flood that there's archaeological right. evidence of, right? right? The Babylonian, you know, captivity. Everyone wept by the rivers of Babylon right. for generations. Right. You know, this pestilence, you know, the firstborn of Egypt. I mean, horrible things have happened before the birth of Jesus is what I'm trying to say. And maybe that changes everything. I mean, I'm sure in some well, existential way it changes everything. we're talking everything, about a lot but, of stuff. This is complicated, and it's right. okay that it's complicated. I would simply simply say that I believe that uh, one possibility is that God allows these things to wake up those who can be awakened. And that's what I believe is 
part of what's happening now. There are tons right. of people who've been sleepwalking forever, and the madness and the evil has finally woken them up in right. a way that if, if, if these things hadn't happened, they would still be sleeping. I agree with you, but I think it's going to take some, just like the evil was public, we publicly gave ourselves over to evil on a grand scale. I think that the, I mean, it's just like the Old Testament. I think the repentance and the prayer and the rededication and the commitment to a life of faith and the Ten Commandments and, you know, looking after orphans and widows, that has to be public too. I think oh. we're going to have to do tshuva in the Hebrew sense, repentance. Oh, no, you know, no, no, in no, a no, massive no, 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 no. Listen, I could not agree more. I don't think there is any doubt, and that if we don't, then forget it. So yeah. I completely agree with you. So yeah, I don't, I don't, okay, boy, uh, I'm, I'm glad we can uh, do another show because uh, there's a lot to talk that about. That said on a happy note, he did say, if my people will humble themselves and turn to me. Uh, Who are called I'll, by my name will humble you. themselves and pray and turn from the wicked ways and so on and so forth. And that's the word land. of God. I will that's heal right. their land. Wow. Okay. Uh, that's enough for today. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> I don't care what they